it's the next level. And now for the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the melting pack, and it starts right now. Well, thank you, Jerome. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the show, The Melting Path, The Next Level Network. Today is a very special day, unless you hate wrestling. I guess that's the qualifier there, because Matt Shaw once again joined the show, returning for our seventh WrestleMania preview. We broke down WrestleMania 38 as best we could, and uh, we had a wonderful time. So... If you do not like wrestling, today's show is not for you. Might be. Not really, because it's something that I want to do, and that's what this show is. And I'll talk to you next time. So a couple things that I'd like you to know about this before we just jump right in. Um, Normally, I like to record my own audio when I have a guest, so I at least have a clean feed for myself. But for whatever reason, uh, it did not work. And so you get the Zoom audio from both of us. So it might sound a little, uh, it's going to sound a little bit different. But we were able to capture everything, and uh, it sounds pretty good to me. So that's really what matters, right? Right? Uh, And also, uh, when we get to the end, Zoom crapped out on us, and it was a pretty big oh moment for me. And uh, we had to record like a second meeting and kind of splice them together. So yeah, you're going to hear a sound effect to break that up, and then we jumped back in to finish out the show. And uh, patrons won't hear that, by the way. You won't hear any of the sounds. Um, You'll just hear me and then the chat, and then all that. So there you go. But yes, yeah, so uh, the chat is broken up because technical issues, which we'd never had before. But, uh, you know, I'd like to think we we made it out okay. So here you go. Uh, again, if wrestling's not your thing, then I'll see you later. Thanks for uh, streaming for the first, I don't know, two and a half minutes or so. <laughs> and uh, and I'll talk to you next time with whatever we have going on. Maybe some new music, maybe a guest. Uh, new uh, music, that's right. Maybe a guest, I don't know. But uh, for the rest of us, Here is me and Matthew breaking down WrestleMania 38. Matt, it's been a long time since you and I have been able to see each other's faces. And I got to admit, man, I I like it this way better. Me too. (laughs) I feel like I may not cut you off nearly as much as I used to. (laughs) And it'll certainly be better than when we were doing this over the phone and it was all recording to one track instead of two. (laughs) <laughs> and just hearing honking horns and <laughs> squeaky brakes and dump trucks on the highway. So yeah, this way is much more preferred. I mean, not to say I didn't enjoy the ambiance of you, you know, driving between, you know, business ventures and sushi and all that. But uh <laughs> oh man, how okay, so it's Tuesday, Wednesday, sushi night in your house. How has your wife been dealing with no sushi for the last seven or eight months well actually nicole gets um like cooked shrimp in her role the boston which is the cooked shrimp roll so we work around it we make a cup oh okay all right all right well that's good i I was concerned about i was thinking about that earlier i'm like wait a minute wednesday sushi night she can't have sushi there's too much i don't know what it is in sushi but i remember when uh after jill uh i was gonna say pushed out the kid but yeah when Jill ejected our son from herself, she was like, I want sushi. She's like, I want sushi because you can't have it when the kid's in there. And this is like, I want sushi. So I bet she's counting down the days, right? Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But there are just some sacrifices that you're not willing to make. And I think sushi <laughs> was one of them. So 
Yeah, you know, Matt, a year ago, you and I sat here. Well, I sat here. You sat in your car. And I was on the brink of fatherhood trying to do all that. You were getting your business going. Now, here we are a year later. My son is 10 months old. You are on the brink of fatherhood yourself. Congratulations, man. It's, uh, we talked just before we started recording. It's a lot, but you know, I think you're going to, you're going to be a great dad. You're a great dude. So why wouldn't you be a great dad? Right. I'm happy for you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm, you know, I see you, uh, you and Arthur on Instagram all the time. You seem like a great father yourself. So thanks for the kind words, buddy. Oh, thank you for lying. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, and, you know, mediocre at best. I'm a, I, I'm what you would call a B plus player, right? If you want to make it a wrestling reference. Well, Daniel Bryan did win the world title. So he did at WrestleMania. In fact, I like where this is going. I like where your head is. Thank you for that, Matt. I and appreciate speaking it. of WrestleMania. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. See, you took it right out of my mouth, man. <laughs> yes. Matt, this is our seventh WrestleMania show that we've done. The first one we did, you called me from your car outside of the arena in Dallas. And now we're back again. Well, not we, but WrestleMania is back in Dallas. The most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. I, I so, you know, somebody made a lot of money coming up with that tagline and making those terrible word art graphics. And here I am just, I'm just going to make fun of it. <laughs> yeah, I was a little shocked at the branding too, but I listened to Vince's interview with Pat McAfee. Did you listen to that? I did. I did. And he kind of went over the stupendous branding and as much as the word sounds like stupid i guess he's not wrong that like uh, you and i are talking about it right like there yeah. are words that aren't used that often that he just grabs a hold of and squeezes around the throat and just shoves down your throat and you know makes you think of wrestlemania and so you know you gotta listen pal we're gonna call it stupendous we're gonna grab it by the throat Pat, we're gonna grab it by the throat your vince is pretty good Oh, thanks, man. I felt I could feel that in my soul that I'm like, you know what? Because I tried it the other day. I was just around. I was like, I'm going to try Vince McMahon on the WrestleMania show. And I didn't really hit it. But that one, I really, ah, I'm glad you were here to see that. I really felt it. You know, <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, yeah. So I do like, though, that I know the pandemic kind of forced them into the two night thing. But I like that they're finally taking our suggestion and doing a two night WrestleMania, because I really think this is. Since it's become, it's no longer like the best of the best. It's how do we get everybody on the card? And it's been that way for years, right? And so why not split it up into two shows? And they're doing it, and I'm very proud of them. I am proud of them too, but do you feel like that it was a little too late? Like, do they not now have the roster depth to pull this off successfully? What is your thought? Uh, you know, I did, <laughs> I did not think about that until just now, but you're probably right. I think just like, and maybe it's not roster depth because they have plenty of people to fill out a two-day card. It's the way that they present them over the course of the year that makes this seem underwhelming, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, for instance, like Lashley and Omos was kind of thrown together in a three-minute segment. But if that were given a little bit more build, I understand Lashley was hurt, so probably a poor example. But maybe these matches might mean a little bit more. But to your point, though, like, I think last year was actually really successful. I enjoyed both nights. I thought night one was probably better than night two. But I thought both shows were at least very good. Uh, so hopefully they can do more of the same this year. But we'll see. 
I mean, you and I talk all the time that the TV might not be great anymore, but the, the big shows always deliver. And even if the card doesn't look great on paper, which not going to lie, night one, it's kind of kind of eh. Um, I feel like we're going to get the same thing. Like it, this is going to deliver on on a couple different levels. Yes, I agree, because I felt like I'll go back to last year, too. I thought night one had a pretty subpar card on the surface. And I feel like creative kind of minded their own business and just let the guys work and everything seemed pretty steady and made sense. I thought night two had more of like the loaded quote unquote card. And I felt like creative poked its ugly head in a few different scenarios there. (laughs) And it kind of turned it upside down. So, you know, maybe the weaker card, it's almost like they don't have their dirty mitts on them and they just let them do their thing. And they're more worried about Sunday. You know, I feel like that's what happened last year. I feel like, this is going to happen again this year too, because like Sunday is their traditional, you know, big event day. Right. So they're not going to, they're going to probably put, because like, Oh, Sunday pay-per-view like Sunday, it's WrestleMania. So the bigger night on paper, I think is Sunday, but you know, I think it's going to deliver. Like we say this every year, we might be bummed out about where the TV is going and who's doing what, who's not doing what, but every year we watch it and we're entertained. I agree a hundred percent. I'm to that point where I used to like, you know, my inner neck beard is coming out, but I used to just spend a lot of time like thinking, oh, this guy should go over this guy and that guy should go over this guy. And where's this guy's push? But now I really just try to enjoy every month on the surface. And I, I stay in touch with TV, but I don't put too much stock into it because quite frankly, if something sucks or somebody's not being pushed, they can pull uh, plug or unplug anybody at any time and put a rocket on them. But they typically put on a good show every month and I make time for it. So. Yeah, it's also made it, I think, better for me as a fan to not be, this sounds kind of messed up, but not be super invested. Like I'm I'm invested enough where I know what's going on. I could do an hour show about it and I can still enjoy myself at the end of the month or beginning of the month in this case. But yeah, I think it's better for me as a fan to not kind of dive into, oh, what about this? Because then, you know, if you don't set expectations, they can't not be met, right? Uh, yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. It's almost like, to switch like industries and hobbies would be like if let's say if you were really into the Batman movie that was coming out for the past year, all these articles and reports and, you know, this guy's being casted here and this is where I think the story's going and you're spending so much time investing that passion into where you think the movie will go. And that if things don't go your way, you maybe you're disappointed, maybe you're overanalyzing, but I think by having a distance from the product, it, like you said, in a weird way, it's messed up way. It kind of helps my enjoyment of their, their big shows where they actually mean what they put out. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So from 30,000 feet, let's try to try to break this down. Shall we? Yes, sir. (laughs) As we just spent five minutes talking about how we don't really watch the TV anymore and we're kind of only kind of connected. (laughs) Um, I found Matt that night one has a few matches we can kind of breeze through because I'm just kind of uh, about them. The first one is, let's see, Ray, Ray the, uh, ah, the Mysterios uh, are taking on The Miz and Logan Paul. I just, I don't know how much time you want to spend on this. Um, I don't care for Logan Paul. I don't really, Don Mysterio is, is what he is. I mean, I'm glad that he's on TV. I'm glad that he's learning from his dad and they seem to be enjoying themselves. I love The Miz. I think he does great work. Uh, but this match overall does not a lot for me. What do you think? I get why Logan Paul is there. 
it's a very WrestleMania move to have him on there. He's apparently a pretty big celebrity. I know his brother is, so I guess by association he is too. Uh, he brings his own audience. And I love the Mysterios. Well, I love Ray, and I'm sure Dominic will be really good. And like you said, Miz is great. So just a small celebrity spot. You know, I guess it is what it is. I'm, I'm cool with it. It'll be good. Yeah, no qualms with the celebrity things. Uh, I like I, I agree with you. I understand why Logan Paul's there. Um, and you know, if you're going to put him with anybody, it's got to be Miz. So, yeah, you know, this match will do what it's going to do, and I think everybody's going to look fine coming out of it. Um, another one, I I don't. We've talked about Baron Corbin in the past, Matt. How I don't know if you're if you have soured on him more or if you become a little bit of a fan, but I feel like this is a step down for Drew McIntyre to face this happy Corbin. I do think that the happy Corbin gimmick is fun, but I like Corbin for me on the whole, doesn't do a lot. Am I alone in that? No, I do agree with you to a point. I feel like they treat him as this heel that they always protect. His finish is so protected. If he loses, it's typically to a main event guy. I feel like backstage, they really like him. And he works safe, it seems. He's rarely hurt. He doesn't really hurt anybody else, to my knowledge. No bad news coming from the back. So I feel like they protect him, and they always give him some shine. I do love the happy Corbin gimmick. I've really kind of turned my opinion on it. I thought it was so corny. It is so corny. But it's, I don't know if you saw the vignette. I caught some of SmackDown, and it was showing, like, his 2021 year, and yeah, you no, know, he's not shaving. And I thought that was great. <laughs> it was such a great way to put the character in a nutshell and to remind you like the, this arc that this character's had. And it is corny and silly, but I do like it. And I think it's a good act. And I think that if the springtime, if they're low on heels, they can ramp them up and, you know, put them in a pretty top tier program. And I do feel like it's a step down for McIntyre, but I'm going to be honest. I think McIntyre's going to lose. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. They are, I mean, they are playing up that Happy Corbin's undefeated. And so that makes me think like, oh, obviously Drew's going to snap the streak. But I, I think I'm with you. I think that uh, it might not be the cleanest of finishes. But yeah, I think this Happy Corbin thing is going to roll. And I think, uh, you know, are we going to, are we going to see, you know, maybe not at SummerSlam, but what's the, whatever the one is before SummerSlam. Is Happy Corbin going to challenge for a title? I think he could, especially if he goes over McIntyre and, I have no problem with that. I really actually like Baron Corbin. I've liked him as the years have gone on. I think the most heat he had was when he was dressed like um, like a strip club manager beating Kurt Angle. <laughs> and now Wrestling. that he has like this silly character going on and it's entertaining and, you know, we kind of know that he's like this mid to upper mid card level heel and he's going to stay in that lane. And I think, I don't know, I, I've kind of uh, come around on him a bit. So if he goes over McIntyre, I really have no problem with it because McIntyre's good enough to get his heat back and probably get his win back sometime in the spring or summer. So, well, everybody gets their wins back. That's just how it's been. Go- <laughs> that's how it's been going for the last number of years. But uh, yeah, when he was when Baron Corbin was wrestling as a uh, as an Applebee's waiter uh, waiter for uh, <laughs> in his Sunday best you know, or you know <laughs> whatever that was, and like he had like no direction. At least now they got something for him, and I think he's. Uh, I'm not a, like I said, not a huge fan, but I, whatever this is, he's nailing it. Maybe I am a fan, Matt. Maybe, maybe I just completely turned my, my opinion on Baron Corbin in the last 30 seconds or so. 
Maybe I've become a fan. Did you and I both change our wardrobes with one sentence? We're going to come out with yeah, I think straw we hats. <laughs> I think we did. I think we just did that. Wow. You know, CMAC growth. It's fatherhood uh, helps you grow as a person. I think we, we're both doing that already right now. Awesome. <laughs> oh, you look so thrilled. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody else will see that, but holy your face just now was fantastic. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Well, and then reach for the reaching for the beer was, was just like the best thing you could have done right there. <laughs> if fatherhood means that I got to dress like a jackass and maybe it's not the most exciting part of fatherhood that you're, that I'm referring to here, but everything else sounds pretty good. I mean, I get to wear t-shirts and sweatpants all the time still. So that is nice. You'll be a happy right. Corbin. I think he goes over. I like the gig and I think, it is what it is. I like him. It is what it is. I feel like that's my stance on Baron Corbin. Yeah, he's there. But but I feel like this this storyline's gone on for so long because I think they were expecting Drew to maybe get surgery. So they wrote him off at, with that, you know, breaking his neck angle or whatever it was or crushing his throat. I feel like Drew didn't need surgery, came back earlier than expected. So they're kind of like, this thing has been drawn out for several months now, which whatever. So I'm hoping they're done with it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? They have a whole pay-per-view after this called WrestleMania Backlash where it's all rematches. So who the hell knows? But uh, I, uh, yeah, from a story that's gone on too long to a story that's barely started. And I really, I'm really bummed out because we're doing New Day against uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland with, uh, with Butch, Pete Dunn, if anyone doesn't know. Um, and I'm really bummed out because you know that Big E was supposed to be in this match. It was going to be a six-man you know, New Day versus this fight night collective that Sheamus has, which I'm actually enjoying a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really bummed out. This isn't the six man that I'm certain they had planned. I actually didn't know this was booked until you just said it. I did know that they had a six man planned until Biggie got hurt, which, you know, obviously I would want all four guys to just get a chance to shine and be on the card. But I think without Biggie and Sheamus leading each team, I mean, this card, I mean, this match doesn't really belong on the card, to be honest, with all due respect. Yeah, you know what? I'm with you. And I, I made a note here that I think um, either like a U.S. title match or an intercontinental title match or a, maybe even like a champion versus champion or a not unification, but like put Priest and and uh, or no, who, who are the I'm sorry, uh, Ricochet and Finn Balor on the card instead of on like this WrestleMania SmackDown thing that happened. And I'm just like, all right, we probably could have like saved this for a little while or put this on the WrestleMania SmackDown and put the mid-card titles on the big show. I don't know. 100%. Yeah, I don't understand why. I think I, I couldn't tell you what they were thinking. You know, what would it take? Eight minutes to give Balor a decent win on Mania or vice versa for Ricochet, you know? Yeah, maybe not even. Right? It's just, yeah, I mean... At least get those on. The, I don't know why they're not on the card, but. But it tells you that, you know, it's it's interesting because when Balor beat Priest, the moment he won, I knew who really was being pushed. You know, it was like, okay, Balor won, but I know that they only got rid of the belt for Priest so he can either turn or move up in the card. It just felt like one of those title changes to where. They don't. They just wanted the belt off that guy to give it to another guy, and it kind of shows that they had an opportunity to put Ricochet and Balor 
on the card and they didn't do it. So I just feel like it was more of a means to an end to get the belts off of Zane and Priest so they can go on to do other things. Yeah, and Priest is in what, the Battle Royal, right? Oh, I, I didn't realize he was in the Battle Royal, but okay. They didn't. He might be. Like, he's not on the card. Hmm. Which, is, which is surprising. Which is surprising. It's almost like, what's the point? Like, last year, he was in, the bad, in a match with Bad Bunny and The Miz and Morrison, and now he's not even, he doesn't even have a spot. That makes, I mean, that's very surprising to me, actually. Yeah, so they like you. You mentioned it's a means to an end, but then the end. You know, I know maybe long term, whatever. But you know, it's WrestleMania. This should be the end, right? Agreed. I, especially after turning heel, and they kind of put a few weeks of stock into it. It's strange that it doesn't have like nine minutes on night one to just get Priest or Balor some time. Yeah, it's just very strange. Uh, but we do have championship matches on night one, Matt. We have two women's title matches. I really like the Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair feud, you know, Becky comes back surprisingly at, uh, what was it? SummerSlam beats Bianca in, what was it? 27 seconds or something like that. And then, you know, Becky's gone on this tear and now here's Bianca who spent, you know, the previous year plus becoming a star and you bring back the other, you know, the other female big star and you put them together. And I think we're, uh, we're due for a barn burner as JR would say. Yeah, I agree because I'm glad that they decided to go this route because I feel like Bianca never recovered from that SummerSlam segment. I won't even call it a match, that segment where she lost her belt. (laughs) Uh, I feel like Bianca just lost all steam. So for them to just take the time to come full circle with it to where they're playing off of that creative fumble, I think hopefully, I think whether Bianca wins or loses, I think I'm just glad that she's in this spot again because I feel like they're asking for a redo for that SummerSlam botch. I'm glad she's getting, I, well, okay. It hasn't happened yet. So we don't know if she's, this could be a Daniel Bryan Sheamus thing where it ends with a bro kick and that's it. But I'm glad that I, that hopefully she will get a full proper match with Becky Lynch. Cause I think she, she's done enough. She deserves it. She is, she's got all the talent in the world. She's fantastic. And she deserves this spotlight. And I hope that she gets it. I agree. And I think Bianca has shown that, first of all, she's great, you know, but she's still, in my opinion, as a fan, I, I view her as very green still. You know, if you put her in the ring with Sasha last year, I thought that match was incredible. And I feel like if you put her in the ring with Bailey, her feud with her was pretty good. I thought I enjoyed their matches. But then any feud besides that, I feel like she wasn't quite in the position to elevate the talent that she was working with if it wasn't already a star. So I look forward to her match with Becky because I think that she needs it. And I think that she'll only be better for it win or lose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I hope we get a full Becky versus Bianca because they've done a really good job building this, which is more than we could say about a lot of these matches, unfortunately. And I just really hope we get a, a decent payoff here. Uh, let's see. Where were we going after that? Yeah. Oh, we're doing the other women's title. Then we'll do. The tag title. Yeah, that's what we'll do. All right. So let's do uh, SmackDown women's title. Charlotte, Ronda. Uh, this is a couple years in the making, I think. You and I have talked uh, privately, like we're, you know, meeting, having clandestine meetings uh, privately about Charlotte Flair, how it's kind of like, uh, you know, cool heel, never loses, kind of kind of stale. But then Ronda, um, I think Ronda's got it. I, I thought that from her first match with... Uh, what was that tag match with, ah, who was it? Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie. Was that the one? That's right. right? Yeah. 
All right. Look at me. Dad brain uh, didn't take over just yet. Uh, it's, it's there though. I forget a lot of things, <laughs> but I, like, I thought she had it. Like she's one of like, much like Kurt Angle, she just got it right away. And I thought that was great. Like coming from somewhere else and just latching on and getting it right away. I think she's great. Um, I don't know if she's going to go over. I feel like they want Charlotte to have the long, you know, I'm going to be champion forever thing. And you know, Matt, my brain just went off in a direction where, oh my God, is Rhonda actually champion? Did I just flub that? But I don't think I did. <laughs> no, I see where you're going. I, I'm going to disagree. I think Rhonda wins. And, but I'll go back to your point that Rhonda's kind of like a natural. And even when, you know, her movements are awkward or like the choreography or whatever footwork is like whatever she appears to be green, but it doesn't matter because she gives such realism to her matches in her presence that she can get away with any sort of awkwardness or flub or whatever it is because she's Ronda Rousey. She just has this mega star presence about her. And, you know, when she was rocking in like 2018, beginning of 19, her matches were really good. They just kept getting better and better. I remember she had a great match with Sasha. She had a um, great match with, uh, I wouldn't say it was great, but it was really good with Nia Jax. I remember she had a couple of good matches with her. Um, Alexa Bliss, she had a good feud with. You're laughing at a good Nia Jax match. Yes. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was like, it was like the proverbial, like, you know, a dominant heel versus underdog baby face. What I'm trying to say is that she is very good. Even though she's not seasoned, she always has a good match and a great presentation. But I think she goes over Charlotte. And I think that they build towards similar to what Roman and Brock are doing. I think they do with Becky and Ronda next year with the two titles. I'm down for that. Absolutely. I am down because I, like I said, Ronda's great for me. Like she just, she gets it. She just gets it. And like, not everybody has that quality. Like, this is cliche. We're probably going to throw some more cliches out the next however long, but you know, it's, you can't teach it. She just has it. She just, whatever, whatever it is, she has it. And it's really fun to watch. I agree. She's a star. I think she has exactly what Lesnar has because they're both real fighters and they're real as real guests. Now stop making her cut long-winded promos. Cause that's not her strength. Just stop it. It just, uh, it, it bothers me. Fortunately, that's where not watching TV every week comes in handy because I haven't had the displeasure of watching. I, I watched one. I've been skipping the rest, but I watched one and I'm like, yeah, this is not like not ever. They made Bad Bunny do it last year in the lead up to WrestleMania. And I'm just, what are you doing? Why are you making us watch this? Why are you making him do this and her do this and us watch this? It just didn't make any sense. Not everybody has to cut a, you know, go, go on a 10 minute, you know, soliloquy in the middle of the ring. It's just it's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah they should know that by now they should know a lot of things by now matt they should know a lot of things <laughs> uh let, jesus let's do the smackdown tag titles i love this i love the usos I'm, i've been a fan of the usos for a long time and the shinsuke nakamura rick boogs pairing rick boogs this pairing is my favorite thing in wrestling and i cannot wait matt to watch Pat McAfee do his dance at the announce table during this WrestleMania entrance. I I'm more excited for that than I am about a couple of these matches on night one. <laughs> Again, another guy that just gets it is Pat McAfee, but um, we'll get to him later. I think 
you know, this is kind of filler, but I do like the pairing. It feels fresh and it also feels, feels kind of organic. I feel like they just needed a guitarist or wanted a guitarist for Nakamura. And then like Rick Boogs wasn't working, right? He wasn't wrestling when he first paired with Nakamura, right? He just started wrestling. Or he, he's trained, but I mean, not on WWE TV. Well, I think he was on NXT for a little bit. And for a little bit, I mean like a month, maybe. And then maybe he got hurt or something like that. And then they were like, hey, Rick, do you want to do this? And he's like, yeah. And he starts shredding. I love it. I love it. And also he's jacked. Like this dude is huge. It's fantastic. Is there a reason why Elias is impaired with Nakamura? Um, oh, I think he's injured for the moment. Maybe he, ooh, let's get real. Maybe he's not vaccinated. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no, like, what the hell happened to him? I think he, I'm pretty sure he had surgery to repair something or other several months ago. He had surgery he to was get vaccinated. A- Maybe <laughs> we just lost, we lost half the people, man. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> Good. I don't want you anyway. Uh, no, I, whatever. Um, we're not going down that road. I'd rather not go down that road, Matt. Uh, but no, I, and I made the joke. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like maybe when Elias is healthy, if he ever, if he comes back, uh, they should feud over who should like Nakamura should hold auditions or they should have done that at the beginning. And then that'd been a nice feud, but you know, I still think it could work, right? Elias versus Boogs to be Nakamura's guitarist, uh, not Nakamura's guitarist. There we go. That's hard to say. That's a great idea. I think that could be really entertaining with some fun segments and, you know, some characters playing guitar that totally suck and then just making a mockery out of it. I think that'd be pretty fun. Well, Rick Boogs can shred, man. Boogs can shred. I love it. And I, I just think it'd be great. I don't know if they'd be, willing to go that route or if Elias is ever going to come back or what, but we just gave him the money idea for, you know, for a month or two. Works for me. Maybe I'll watch TV again. Tell you what, we watch SmackDown every week just because Roman Reigns is one of the best things in wrestling right now. So we, we keep up with that. So if that happens, uh, I'll let you know to start watching SmackDown. (laughs) I typically, um, I catch bits and pieces, whether it's on YouTube or I watch it when it's on, but um, yeah, SmackDown is typically do enjoy whatever I see. It's all because of Paul Heyman. Um, Does he write SmackDown? I, I think he's still involved somewhat creatively. I don't think he writes the whole show anymore like he did back in the day, but I think he's still got some input. It shows if that's true. Um, Matt, we got a weird kind of story here. We have one segment to do for night one, and then this match, Seth Rollins spent a number of weeks trying to find a way on WrestleMania. They did this with Cena a couple of years ago where he didn't have a match on the card. And you're looking at that going, wait a minute. This guy's won the world title more than once. He's been, uh, you know, a main player for a long time. And you're telling me that this guy has trouble finding a spot on the biggest show of the year when you got two nights. Uh, it doesn't, they did. It's, it's just, I don't even know. It didn't make any sense. And I don't, I don't love the story, but I'm glad he's actually on the card. Yeah. I don't love the story either because not that anybody gives a damn about the mid-card belts, but like if anybody gave a damn about the mid-card belts, Rollins would be like, hey, I want a shot at this title or that title, you know, that is currently not booked on the card, but. (laughs) Rollins Balor for the U.S. title would have been really fun. Sure. I agree. But this angle, it's silly and fun, but it kind of, if you really think about it, which I guess if you think too hard, your head might hurt. 
but it really kills like the rest of the cards. But I mean, the rest of the championships. Um, I won't take credit for this idea, but our good friend, good mutual friend, Brian Kelbert, he thinks that Rollins' mystery opponent will actually be Shane McMahon. Oh, all right. All right, Brian, good friend of the show, good friend of ours. I like it. I'm starting to agree with that idea because this whole thing is that Vince is the one getting the opponent firm. It's going to be Vince's, you know, selection. And I remember reading a report around the rumble when Shane caught all that heat and then got released, quote unquote, released or let go, whatever, that his mania program was going to be with Seth, with Seth Rollins before he left. Um, So I can see them having a match at mania. Maybe they got him back. And then Kelber said that Cody debuts the next night on Monday, Monday Night Raw. Okay. I like it. You know, Matt, when you said uh, our mutual friend, I was hoping for our annual Matt Ibanez reference, but I think we're going to get to, uh, to Matt Ibanez organically later. Uh, but thank you, Brian. I don't know if Brian's going to listen, but thanks, buddy. I like that idea. I really do. I think that's good. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting Cody Rhodes. I don't think that's going to happen. Somebody said, no, it's going to be Veer who's been getting all these he's coming vignettes on raw for like a year and a half. It feels like, um, and I, <laughs> what, if, no, this is what's going to happen. I, I'll, I'll run with the Shane McMahon, Seth Rollins idea. That's good. And the night after, uh, or the, you know, the raw after is going to be Veer against Cody Rhodes and Veer gets squashed in his day in his big debut. And you never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> What a waste of resources <laughs> from your video department that they build this guy up. But it wouldn't shock me. I would not be shocked at all if that's what happens. And if you want not to get Cody over and give him a big moment, I think the fans would actually, because I feel like Veer is just this joke now amongst the internet audience. And Monday night after Mania is always the internet audience. So Veer will probably get booed to hell when he comes out and then have Cody come out, hit him with the crossroads and the crowd would go crazy. It's a good idea. I like it. I like it. I like this. I like this idea that I just came up with right now. Three months ago, would you have thought that you would be fantasy booking Cody Rhodes versus Veer on Monday night raw? <laughs> no, God, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I Veer wasn't even a thought in my mind three months ago. I don't even know when these vignettes started, but I, Veer wasn't even on my radar at all. <laughs> And Cody was an AEW. Yeah. Cody, you know, he that's a weird man. What a crazy thing. I kind of wish we didn't know he left. Like I kind of wish he was just he was just off TV. And then all of a sudden, April 4th, he just, you know, whatever music it hits, and there's Cody Rhodes coming out. Like I wish they would like they put up that whole thing on Instagram, like, oh, it's been great. This AEW family's been great. Yeah, whatever. I wish they didn't do that. I wish we didn't know. That's me. Yeah, I yeah. Same. I mean, it would have been a lot of fun, but I feel like nothing's a secret anymore. No, as they say, kayfabe is dead, Matt. It's done. It's over. Kayfabe is very dead. <laughs> oh, disappointing. Uh, oh, we got a segment for night that's going to wrap up night one. The KO show, Kevin Owens and Stone Cold, Steve Austin. You got your Steve Weiser there, Matt. Uh, if you're looking for a match with Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, you're going to be disappointed, I think. I think we're going to have, you know, Kevin Owens going to talk all this trash, maybe come out in the very poorly fitted bald uh, bald cap that he wore on Monday. I guess the previous Monday it was really bad. Uh, it was funny though. Like that's that was the point I think. And then you know we're they're gonna chat. Kevin Owens is gonna talk some trash. Hey, let's oh no, it's all right, man. Let's have a beer, stunner, celebrate, dumping beer over him. It's gonna be great. 
I think we're going to get a little more than that. I think that with this being the main event of night one, which is kind of unprecedented, well, I guess technically Taker AJ may have been the first like segment to main event of Mania, but I think the circumstances were different with COVID and whatnot. But it's very interesting that they're main eventing night one with this segment. I think we're going to get a little more. I think this is going to get a lot of time. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking with entrances, like 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to go like okay. 40, 40, 45 minutes. Wow. I think we're going to get an extended segment, pretty long segment. And I think we're going to get a pretty long brawl to where Austin's selling, you know, maybe some weapon shots or, you know, and then he, with a comeback. I feel like we're going to pretty much have like an unsanctioned match between the two. Okay. Wow. 45 minutes. Okay. You know what? I... I don't know that I can picture that much, but I also like wouldn't be surprised at this point. Like I think they're hyping it up a lot. It's closing the first show of WrestleMania, so you're probably on to something there. I think either way, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it, no matter what happens. Me too. And I heard that Jim Ross said that you can expect more than the usual beer bash celebration this year. All right. Well, hey, if anybody would know what Stone Cold's up to, it is Jr. Right? Yep. Are they still friends? You think? Uh, I listen to Jim Ross's podcast pretty much weekly, and he says we don't talk often, but when we do talk, it's for hours and hours, and we're like best friends. So I guess they, like, to answer your question, I guess yes. All right, so there you go. So that well, now my point is uh, has just been made valid that if anybody knows what Austin's going to be up to, it's going to be Jr. There you go. Thank you for doing that little bit of research, Matt, that you didn't know you'd have to do. Uh, <laughs> I certainly appreciate it. So let's go to night two, good sir. Normally, this is the part in the show where we'd have to take a break for you to go meet a shady businessman or get some sushi, but we're both home, so we don't have to do that this time, which is, we're all safe and sound, right? <laughs> yeah, and Bronson is here with me, which is nice. Oh, boy. hey, Bronson. How are you, buddy? Is he going to make an appearance on camera for me or, or no? Is he sleeping next to you? He's right here. Hey, buddy. Yes, sir. This is for me. I'm not, I'm leaving this in the podcast. I don't care. Hey, <laughs> bud. How are you? Yes. Oh, we love dogs. Yes, Fantastic. Sir. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Arthur's not here. I would show him to you, but he's upstairs. I'm sorry. What time do you uh, go to bed? Uh, nine or 10. Closer to 10. Does he sleep through the night? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, every once in a while. Like on uh, Sunday, he slept till eight o'clock. But every other night, it's every other night. Usually he'll it's a couple hours here and there. So see what you have to look forward to, Matt. Just sleepless nights, man. Sleepless nights. It's all, it's good though. Like once you get back, like once you kind of get into a rhythm, if you can with that, you'll be all right. Yeah. I, I'm more of a night owl myself. So I feel like if I, I wake up in the middle of the night all the time, hopefully it's not a big deal, but we'll see. I'll, whatever. It's an adjustment. I will just, exactly. let me just put it's, it that we, way. Yeah. We all adjust. It'll be fun. It's a bit just like hitters uh, hitting away from the shift. It's an adjustment. Uh, <laughs> Unless you're Big E, you just hit the out of the ball. Of course. Yeah. He's the greatest player of all time, as we've discussed. <laughs> I love it. We love you, Biggie. Come on the show. Um, so night two, we have a four, a fatal four-way women's tag team title match. And these teams, Matt, maybe it's because I don't really watch the TV, but these they seem kind of random, except for the champions. Queen Zelina and Carmella, they're defending against Sasha and Naomi, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, Natalia and Shayna Baszler. I don't, uh, I'll be honest. I don't care that much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just not my bag. 
Um, but go Liv Morgan. That's what I'll say. Big fan. I think even the champions are kind of a random team at this point. You're probably right. <laughs> Again, I don't watch enough TV enough for the TV to really uh, to really know why they were put together in the first place. Yeah, they've done a pretty poor job with these women's tag belts. I thought they got off to a hot start with like Sasha and Bailey, and then I think the Iconics won them. I thought they were doing a great job, and then it's already been three years, over three years they've had these belts. They've, unfortunately, they're pretty pointless, and they haven't really even elevated anybody. Like, I don't know. I to your point, like who cares? <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you a Liv Morgan fan? Can we agree on that much? Uh, I wasn't until I saw her great match with Becky Lynch. Becky, who's awesome. But yep. I, yeah, I thought she had a great match with her at day one, and I was not expecting that at all. There you go. All right. You're a convert then to the Church of Liv Morgan. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she's teaming with Rhea Ripley, but if they win, I'll be happy about it. We'll see. Yeah, there you go. Uh, something will happen. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, here we go. Let's see. This one's for Matt Ibanez. The only guy to go away for 10 years and come back stale. Bobby Lashley is taking on Matt Shaw's favorite Haas. Omos. Omos? How do you say that, man? I don't know. The giant ninja who was running around with Tazawa a couple years ago. He, oh. uh, they, they. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> One of my favorite things in the last few years was like, Tazawa's got a bunch of ninjas and like it was over like the 24-7 title or something stupid like that. And all of a sudden, here's this like seven foot five guy dressed in a ninja costume with a sword on his back. I'm like, what is happening? And then now we got this. And, you know, whether Omos is going to be a star or not, uh, who cares? Uh, he's big. Lashley is a powerful guy. This will get eat up seven or eight minutes. And um, I don't know. Matt Ibanez will go get beer at this point, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure how to pronounce it either. Omos, Omas. Oh, moist. I'm not sure, but <laughs> TJ or our other, but I keep just dropping our friends because we're nerdy and we always talk about this. TJ, fun fact before you get in, uh, he once <laughs> we hosted a sports show in college on the radio and Ivan has got a weekly segment about the NFL draft and TJ, not to be outdone, called to talk about, I don't know, baseball, I think. And he talked for a solid six minutes, did not take a breath. Brian and I could get no words in edgewise. And then he's like, all right, guys, see you later. And that was it. That was the entire segment was just TJ talking. It was fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if you remember who I am, TJ, but how are you, buddy? <laughs> That's hilarious. So, <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, he said, and I kind of agree with this. I think this would be a great idea, especially with Lashley going babyface. Um, MVP turns on Lashley, goes with Omos. I, I love it because... I'm a big fan of Haas's in general and almost uh, was kind of cutting a promo on raw a little bit and it wasn't good. It was not good. You know, some guys need managers. Lashley's one almost for certain another. So TJ, I'm with you. I love it. Riveting discussion on almost and Bobby Lashley. Uh, Lashley as a face <laughs> is weird, is weird to me, by the way. I don't know that I'm going to get used to that. I, I think, I think Lashley's, I hate he's 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 really gotten really great as he's gotten older. Like I don't think he's a, an exciting wrestler. Like if I see him in a match, I was looking forward to his match with Lesnar. I'll, I'll put it, I'll say that at the Rumble. But outside of that, I've really had little interest in him. I thought his title reign was okay. 
Um, I just think he needed a mouthpiece and MVP, but that's kind of run its course. So now I just think he'll be this big baby face upper mid card that, you know, they keep strong, kind of like the opposite of Corbin, but a baby face. Yeah. Okay. And uh, a lot of people think Baron Corbin is also boring. So that really works. They're really the, the yin and the yang. Bobby Lashley to Baron Corbin. <laughs> How about Happy Bobby, where he just goes poor. <laughs> he has a sidekick where he's cracking jokes all the time. Guys wearing suspenders and, and little hot pants. Oh, my God. Yes. Where is... Uh, oh, damn it. I was trying to think of like a, a crappy mid-carder from 10 years ago who would fill this role perfectly. Oh, you know who would, you know who would be completely off the wall and make no sense, but somehow it work? Paul Burchill. <laughs> I was thinking snit. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know me too well, Matt. You know me way too well. Yes. But like Gene he doesn't have, he's still wearing his black trunks with the suspenders. <laughs> Just reading weird poetry. <laughs> no, dude, Heidenreich. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, a snit and Heidenreich tag team would have been the most weirdly fun thing they could have done. They were like this close to facing Undertaker and Kane at Mania, and it didn't happen. I know. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that insane? Imagine looking back and being like, can you believe Undertaker and Kane worked these two guys <laughs> at Mania? Well, Undertaker worked A-Train and Nathan Jones out of WrestleMania, didn't mm, he? That, that's a fair point. <laughs> and Mark Henry in a casket match? That's right. That's okay. Okay. Before the Hall of Pain. I need to make that distinction. True. I feel like that's that was like the beginning of Henry's like getting credible was that feud with Undertaker. Yeah, because then after that, it was like, hey, maybe we should probably use this massive dude who has been in the company for 15 years. We should probably put him on TV a little bit more. <laughs> and then Hall of Pain was one of the most fun things I've ever seen. So kudos to you, Mark. It's time for the main event. Not yet, but... You mentioned Mark Henry, and you legally have to say that. So, uh, great job, Mizark. Good stuff. Uh, speaking of good stuff, Matt, I you know celebrity matches, take them or leave them. Some people don't like them. I'm really looking forward to Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville. Anything goes. I think it'll be silly and fun and entertaining. I think it's fine. It's going to break up the card. Like you need Jill and I talk about this all the time when because people complain just to go to AEW for a second. People complain about Orange Cassidy. How like the whole gimmick of hands in his pockets, like, eh, I don't care. I think Orange Cassidy is fun as hell because it breaks up the rest of the card, right? Like, hey, we got a blood feud over the world title, but also over here is a guy who wrestles with his hands in his pockets. Like, it's just dumb fun. And I think that's what this is going to be, too. Exactly. To your point, you need variety on a wrestling show, whether you get that variety with different match types, different stories, even different characters. And this is a prime example of it. And at the same time, you bring out a huge celebrity, you know, like Knoxville. You know, he, I'm saying huge relative to what WWE usually pulls in. Yes. <laughs> but he is, a, you know, he's a name. People know who he is. And I think if you bring the cast out and have a fun spot where they just beat his ass, play it on TMZ, it's a win, you know, and I'm sure it'll be fun. And Sami Zayn is so good that he'll have his heat back and be feuding with somebody in a couple of weeks. So. He'll be back to trying to regain his intercontinental title. I think that's. <laughs> and he'll probably I, win. He probably would. I wouldn't be shocked that yeah. he loses to Knoxville and then beats Ricochet within a week or two. Beats Ricochet on the next SmackDown, like the following SmackDown. 
that would not shock me one bit. Or they're in such a rush to just get the belt. They just bring Ricochet out and then Sami Zayn just pins him. I mean, he j- he did just job to Austin Theory on Raw clean. So did he really? He did. Yeah. That tells you right. That's exactly. They don't <laughs> care about the Intercontinental title yeah. or Ricochet. It hasn't mattered in a long time. Uh, but yeah, that really happened a couple days ago. They couldn't pick anybody else. Like, yeah, the, you don't have anybody else in the raw on the raw roster who could job to Austin Theory real quick. No one. No one else. I just come on. Anybody? Bueller? Come on. It's a 35-year-old reference for you kids out there. Uh, <laughs> almost, I think. Wow. Uh, let's see. Where were we going to go? Let's not do two celebrity matches in a row. Let's do Raw Tag Team titles, a triple threat. Again, just get everybody on the card, right, Matt? RK Bro, really fun tag team. I love it. The Street Profits and Alpha Academy for the Academy. Matt, what do you like about this? I like that RK Bro gets to shine as a team a bit. I would like it maybe to open, uh, maybe go on second. Early in the card, I think, would benefit for this. I just think it's all about RK Bro. Give them the spotlight. It's not so much about RK Bro, but more about helping Riddle and also having your RKO fest and getting the, the you know, I, I think the Street Profits are awesome. Uh, sorry. Oh, Alpha Academy is the other one. They're a good heel team. But I think really at this point, just have your focus be, you know, Riddle and Orton just furthering themselves as a team and maybe having a moment with a cool RKO double, like a double RKO spot. So you can look back at the video package and be like, Oh, that was awesome. I just think it's all about them. And it should be because there was a point in the fall where I thought they were going to go with a heel Orton as champion versus a babyface riddle into mania because the angle was just so hot, but the angle was so hot that they can't split them. So I thought that would have been premature to split them, and I'm glad they didn't because they're a hot act. They're very, they remind me very much of Daniel Bryan and Kane, that same dynamic where Kane really helped Bryan elevate him to another stratosphere. And shortly thereafter, you know, he was heavyweight champion. So I think we're kind of headed in that same direction. I like it. It's really weird seeing Randy Orton as a babyface and looking happy out there uh, just because for, for so long he was just a. And it was like, yep, this fits, this works, but I'm enjoying this a lot. Uh, Matt Riddle is really fun. And sorry, Riddle, you know, they, they lost his first name somewhere. Uh, Riddle's really fun. Uh, they play off each other so well. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to the, uh, the crowd going nuts when, uh, when the theme starts and bro, love it. Gets me every time. Yep. I think, I feel like Riddle, I don't know what you feel. But I feel like Riddle is what Vince wished RVD was. Absolutely. I was taking a drink. I was trying to let you know what's up. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, he wanted this. He's like, hey, hey, pal, you're gonna you're gonna run around like this. Can you do that flippy stuff he used to do? Come on, they're gonna love it. That's Vince I just feel like I love Van Dam, but I feel like Vince was looking for more entertainment goofiness out of that whatever character, and Van Dam was just. I don't think he had that kind of personality. He had a, he has a personality. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's willing to adjust to Vince's vision of the stoner personality, but it's also a sign of the times too. I mean, it's 20 years later. I feel like this is what Vince wanted. I feel like this goofiness is what Vince really wanted out of Van Dam. Yeah. And I, I feel like at the point when Van Dam got to, uh, to under Vince's thumb, as it were, 
he was so set he didn't care <laughs> agreed like, i mean he, yeah. the guy was a million millionaire a couple of times over it was just like give him the icy title a couple of times and <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'll go out. I'll do the thing. I'll go out there and I'll get on a ladder and do the thing. Everybody will chant. It'll be great. Put me in money in the bank. That'll be fun. <laughs> pin, pin me, pay me. That's right. That's right. Job squad, baby. Thank you for that reference. Fantastic. What a great idea for a stable, by the way. Oh, so what do they do? Oh, they go out and lose and they just embrace it because they're fun. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> they should bring that back. <laughs> Their logo was the best. It was like the it was like the guy like this in the map, but like chalked out like he was dead. <laughs> and it said one, two, three across the body. Yes. <laughs> one, two, three. J O B. Pin me, pay me on the back. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm gonna find that shirt. I want it. I wish I was wearing it right now. <laughs> what, what would you do if, if you if we started this Zoom call and I was wearing a job squad t shirt? <laughs> I'd have to stop the podcast until I bought my own. <laughs> all right all right matt next year let's hope we could do this uh you know in the same setting again so we can both wear our job squad t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> let's see if they still make them somewhere we could probably get them on on etsy or something like that um anybody wants to give us send us job squad t-shirts let me know everywhere at the melting pad send me send them over i'll get one to matt it'll be great uh all right we talked about them a little bit already actually we talked about both of these guys a little bit already pat mcafee Getting his WrestleMania moment. My WrestleMania moment, Cole, is taking on Austin Theory. And I think if you're going to have a guy like Pat McAfee wrestle a match on a big show, Austin Theory is a great opponent for him. Like, he's just this cocky, you know, guy. Vince handpicked him, little pet project or whatever. And he's competent. He's, I think he's good in the ring, but if you want to break it really down, He's competent enough to be able to have a match with a non-wrestler and make it believable and make it fun. And Pat McAfee, is, I, just, I just love him so much. He's fantastic. So looking forward to this a lot more than I thought I would have. Me too. I think it's a great spot. It's a great celebrity. I mean, I guess Pat McAfee is considered a celebrity. I mean, I feel like he's got over a million subscribers now and his podcast is very successful. And Theory, to your point, is, is a great guy to pair him with because... It's great shine for him and great attention, but he can afford a loss like that. Yeah, because if he loses, it's like, well, he's, I mean, he's not a wrestler. You know, he caught me off guard, whatever. And then, you know, he can come out on Raw and just beat up someone else, beat up Ricochet again and be like, here we go. And then Sami Zayn comes out and pins him for the IC title. That's how that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a money in the bank, but he just, he just comes out and does it. <laughs> it's more about Ricochet losing. Like, let's get the. F I like to imagine Vince has no idea Ricochet's the Intercontinental Champion. Like he goes back and he's like, they're going over the car. Like, oh, hey, Ricochet, I see title defense. Like, what are you talking about, pal? He doesn't have the belt on him. Oh, oh. All right, well, get, get Zane out there. Get, uh, get him out of here. <laughs> it's like Vince realizes in the middle, in like the middle of Lashley and almost that Ricochet's still IC Champion. So he just throws him in the middle of the ring. Have Zane roll him up. The ref counts. It's like, what the f is going on here? Why are there two matches going on at the same time? <laughs> and everyone's just gonna be like, all right. And then, and then you know, the, the match ends, the show ends, or whatever. And then Sami Zayn comes out on SmackDown, and it's like, oh yeah, he's IC champ. And it's like, all right, that sounds good. <laughs> yep. Poor Ricochet. Poor Ricochet. Yeah, he's oh. 
he's a I feel like his push died. It did. Vince got bored. Vince got not only bored, there was a moment. I don't know if you remember. You could probably find that on YouTube. There was a segment where Ricochet was in the ring with McIntyre, a heel McIntyre, I think. And Ricochet said, listen, I'm not here to talk. And then McIntyre just squared up to him and he said, then shut your damn mouth. And Ricochet (laughs) had no response. And I feel like Vince was like, you're done. You are done. You're done. Just get out of here. (laughs) He called him back. Oh, hey, pal. That segment didn't go uh, didn't go so well for you. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna cool the jets on you, pal. All right, we're gonna we're gonna slow it down. All right, now all right, where's that other guy? Where's that other kid? Oh, come here, uh, Johnny Knoxville. Get him. Then Vince starts rambling about some nobody cares about. And uh, I I really should have had a better ending to that joke. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm really <laughs> I I you know it started well. I felt good, and then I had nothing to close. Yeah, this is why I'm not a comedian, Matt. That's okay. We'll just lateral to uh back to McAfee I think McAfee is great to your point I think he's great he's excellent I just feel he gets it Vince lets him be him and I think that McAfee will have a bigger pro wrestling role going forward not immediately but I wouldn't be shocked somewhere down the line if not like a full-timer but just somebody that is taken a little bit more seriously in the ring because I think he's a good athlete. I think he's essentially a celebrity. He has a following. And I could see him being a not a huge deal in WWE, but you know, somebody that they rely on for big matches at pay-per-views. Right now it's kind of like a silly celebrity spot. But I think that we may reach it. He's still a young guy. I think he's in his mid-30s to where he can, you know, get in better shape. You see, I'm sure he's in great shape, but I'm saying you know, cosmetically or whatever Vince, whatever the hell Vince wants and, you know, be a pretty good part of the roster. He may not full time, like I said, but I think, I think he's got more, more to give in the ring. I'm down with that. He had a really good match with uh, Adam Cole on NXT a couple of years ago. And I'm like, all right, all right, let's get this guy in for, for a big kind of program on a, on a pay-per-view, like an opener or like middle of the road, middle of the card match on the, on a bigger show. And here he is on night two of WrestleMania. So I feel like we're already trending in that direction and I am not opposed to seeing him do more. Almost like, um, not to compare, not to, well, I am comparing, but not a direct comparison, but like how Jerry Lawler would be a beloved color commentator. But when he was in the ring, he was taken seriously and it wasn't like a shock that he would, you know, get in his ring gear and fight somebody. Yeah. I like that. I like it. That's good. You heard it here first, everybody. Pat McAfee's the new Jerry Lawler. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think he's got a long way to go on all fronts to get there, but uh, just less hair in his. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we know that we haven't seen him shirtless? <laughs> oh, true. Maybe he's got some uh, hairy. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Maybe we're going to find out on Sunday. We don't know. We do not know. Speaking of hairy, Matt, this is actually a really good segue. Thank you. Edge, AJ Styles. There's a lot of hair in this match. Mm. And it's not hair. (laughs) It's not hair versus hair, but it's the match I think I'm most, like just as a pure wrestling match, I'm most excited about this. Yes, you too? Yeah. Yes, I agree. I'm glad that they didn't keep them both baby faces. I think that would have really sucked when they were booked, when it looked like the match was going to be obviously booked. My fear was that, you know, 
stare down. We're going to steal the show handshake. You know, this is going to be the greatest WrestleMania. Like that to me is the crappiest, laziest build. And we've seen it a couple times, but I'm glad that they pulled the trigger and make an edge of full heel. And it's going to make the match like exponentially better by having a clear heel and a clear face because that baby face, baby face crap. We're like, we respect each other and we're going to steal the show. And we're so awesome. Hate that. And I'm just so glad that they didn't go that route. Yeah. It's really lazy. It's, I mean, like, you know, having a good match to have a good match is, is fine generally, but you know, if you have guys involved who can turn on a dime and be believable as an like edge can like AJ can too, but I feel like edge was the better play as a heel. And I think they're really like, he's done a really great job as he does with most things. Huge fan. And I think, yeah, having that dynamic of, Hey man, I'm not here to mess around. Like I love how edge at this point is just working with whoever he wants and just doing pretty much whatever he wants to do. And it's all for me so far working really well. Yeah. I think edge is just the best. I think he's probably the best with Roman Reigns. I think even if I had to pick one, I would say Edge is probably the best guy in WWE. I just think he is so good, heel or face. He's so good. I feel like he's the comparison of like Brian Danielson in AEW, so where he can flop between heel and babyface very believably, and all his angles are just awesome. His matches are great stories. I think Edge is the best that the WWE has maybe the best in the business. And I think it's the best version of him in his entire career. I think he's just killing it. And I think that he will give AJ his definitive WrestleMania win. He's had some great opponents at Mania, but he's typically on the losing end uh, with the exception of a couple guys. Like I think his, his Mania lineup is pretty impressive outside of last year. He was a tag guy, but I think if my nerd brain is tapped correctly, we have Jericho, Shane, Nakamura, Randy Orton, and The Undertaker. You know, that's a pretty steep lineup for WrestleMania opponents. And to add Edge to that and for him to go over Edge clean, I think would really help solidify him, if not already, as like a top, top guy to where he can be in that Edge role soon to really help somebody. Yeah, for sure. And Edge doesn't need to win. He doesn't, and he probably doesn't care about it either. Like he, he probably knows, like, listen, buddy, me winning is is going to do less than you in this case, right? It's going to be better for AJ to win. And I think Edge understands that he's been around long enough to know, like, here's what's going to work. Here's what's going to be the better play and the way they're going about. It, it's great. And I agree with you. I think AJ should win. And I think that's going to get him into like, maybe there are some people who, who will buy AJ right now as that top guy but beating edge at wrestlemania after the murderers row you listed of his opponents adding to his resume um i think it's going to be great for him and i think this match is going to be fantastic i can't wait me too i think it's important for aj's not to sound corny but like his legacy to like look back because he hasn't yes he's had a great lineup of wrestlemania opponents but i don't think he's had a wrestlemania moment if that makes sense like he's had all these great matches and these great wrestlers to pair with. But you can argue that his thing with Undertaker was memorable, and it was. But I don't think that was about Undertaker. That wasn't about AJ. That's fair. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, I mean, WrestleMania, for a lot of guys, can just be about moments rather than matches. And I think AJ's at that point because he's already had a lot of great matches at WrestleMania. So 
yeah, having this uh, this highlight reel moment of going over edge and kind of cementing himself as whatever the next thing would be or whatever that would be, I think that's really going to help out. So, yeah, I'm on board with this. I think it'll solidify him into, if I can put it in this way, like that stratosphere. And some people might argue that he's still there and I could buy that, but that stratosphere of wrestler where you truly don't need the belt to have a main event match, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like he's still kind of on that brink to where, like, even when he was paired with Orton a couple of years ago, it went on second and it wasn't a main event match. But if you were to take AJ, let's say, next year after going over Edge versus a main event guy, it's like, oh, that's a, that's a match that people will pay to see because now he's up in that upper echelon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I like how you mentioned Orton because Orton is definitely there and has been there for a long time. Like he doesn't, he, I think we've talked on one of these WrestleMania shows that, you know, Orton's days as a world title holder are over, but you know, you could put him at the end of the show and you'd be like, yep, that's a main event. That's because that's Randy Orton. That's where he is. And I think um, AJ winning clean over edge on Sunday is going to put him in that spot as well. Sure. I'm sure I'll get Speared clean. <laughs> Gonna be over in four minutes. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> all right, Matt. I have, we have one match left, and I have a question for you. Oh, well, first of all, it's Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns unification match for the Universal and World Titles. Winner takes all. Is this going to be one of those like we've had the World Title matches over the last couple of years, especially involving Lesnar? where it's just spamming finishers for five and a half minutes and then it's over. Is that what we have to look forward to for this match? That's a really good question because if you look at WrestleMania 31, granted it was seven years ago, which is so long ago and WrestleMania 34, which was four years ago, which is still a long time. I feel like those matches were so different and 34 you had like this like you said the spamming of finishers and the crowd was booing it and they hated it for the most part probably just the neckbeards like myself and the audience hated it <laughs> but then you had 31 which was their first match and i thought that match was excellent it was like one of the best mania main events that i had seen like i thought it was hard hitting it told a great story it was really, really good. And then you add in that awesome finish. But even without that amazing finish, I thought that was such a great hard-hitting match, a great like heavyweight match. And I think I'd love to see it more like 31. I would love to, because I know they're capable of it. And I think, I don't know, I'm not a wrestler, but I'm saying like the pacing of it. You know, I just felt like they, Mania 31 just felt a little more, a little slower, like a little less foot on the gas. And 34 was just like killing the guy's finishes because they kept kicking out. It was killing the crowd's energy because they pop for the first F5 and then you're hitting like your seventh F5. And it's like, what am I watching? (laughs) So that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get. I'm looking, I am looking forward to it. I wasn't when it looked like this match was going to happen back in the fall. Like I thought they were just going to hot shot this. And it looked like they kind of were going to hot shot it at day one. I don't know what would have happened there, but I'm glad that they did the proper build. It's had a great story with Heyman in the middle. And, you know, even some of the segments have been fun with Brock. Um, what did he do? Like a forklift spot, like ripped the door off a truck. Like it's fun stuff like that. That is makes WWE really cool. 
Um, but I would love to just see them go back to, let's say, let's say you take 31, but you reverse the roles to where Roman is the one dominating Brock and him the whole time. And then Brock has to work from underneath, which like never, ever happens. And I think that would be a really cool story to, to tell. I don't know. What do you think? I think that I was thinking about that earlier about their, uh, the WrestleMania 31 match. And yeah, I, I would like more of that, like a slower kind of brawl almost. And I, I was going to say technical thing, but they don't do technical stuff. These, not these two. Uh, but yeah, like a, like more of a brawl instead of like, you're in a, a video game and you have, you know, seven finishers stored when the bell rings and it's like, all right, let's go F5, F5, spear, spear, whatever. I'm like, yeah, all right. That's fine. In a video game, trying to get an achievement or whatever, but it's not fun to watch. And it's just, uh, I, I really hope that they go for, you know, a different, uh, a different look. And I, I do think that, um, yeah, Roman, even though every heel is the same, where if they see adversity, they run away. Like, uh, you know, they're... And it really bothers me that Roman's been doing that with Brock. But on the other hand, Cowboy Brock has been the most fun thing that I've watched in a very long time on WBTV. Do you agree? Me too, yeah. Uh, actually, Shelton Benjamin had said that this Brock character is the real Brock, but only to people that he actually likes which I thought was funny. That's fantastic. Right. That, and for those who don't know, Shelton and Brock were teammates at the University of Minnesota. So I, it's cool to see that this side of Brock, I feel like it's unbelievable the times that were in like Brock debuted 20 years ago, but I really think he's peaking now because he gets it more than ever. And I feel like it's easy to see how much fun he's having. And that translates to the audience. You know, when the audience sees that you're having fun and it's natural, they gravitate towards that. And I feel like Brock is at probably the best point in his career, arguably, in my opinion. I just think it's so much fun. But the thing is, you need opponents for him. And I feel like Roman is the only opponent for him, which, yeah, which I feel like that's why they're trying to heat up Omos or Omas. It's just they're just trying to heat up these giants. And I get it. But at what point, you know, who else does he face? You know, not to change topics, I'll stay on topic, but for Sunday, I think it's a great, great feud. I just hope it's not, like you said, this finisher galore of just watering down finishes and make believe kickouts and all this stuff. But I, I do love Happy Brock. How about you? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, Happy Brock is great. Uh, I didn't know that about Shelton saying this is the real Brock, but that really, that makes me appreciate it and enjoy it so much more. I'm like a whole different level of like, wow, like this is, this is Brock. And like you said, it comes across, he's actually enjoying himself. And that comes through the TV at me. Be like, you know what? This guy's really having fun. He seems to be enjoying what he's doing. And therefore I'm enjoying watching him do his thing. And it's really great. And I always love when they rip car doors off and stuff, all those like strong man things that I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So yeah, I hope this is kind of like a, I don't know if you'd call Roman a hoss, but kind of like a hoss fight brawl kind of thing rather than, you know, F5, F5, spear, spear, whatever. I don't want that because that's not fun. But, you know, just let him slug it out for a few for a little bit and just and wear down and go from there. I'd love to see like, I don't know, not to book the whole match and bore people. I'm just saying that have Brock face some sort of adversity, whether it be I love like when Brock had that like, remember Balor worked with him, and I know that's uh, quite a memory. 
Balor worked with him in his little swimmer underpants and he was working his <laughs> his ribs and like they were working up the internal bleeding and it didn't make Brock look weak because it was such an odd injury that like, oh damn, like, man, that must hurt so much. Like it wasn't like Balor, you know, hurt his neck on a DDT and then it was like, that would never happen. It's like, no, he like jammed his ribs into a table and then Brock was like coughing up blood. And like, that's a great big man injury to fight adversity from. Like, I'm thinking like if Brock had like an eye injury or something, and then that's why Roman is just dominating him and kicking his ass. And then Lesnar having like a baby face hot minute would just be such a mania moment, you know, even though I'm not sure he was going to win. But I just think seeing Brock fight from underneath would really be a lot of fun. I'd love to see that. Yeah, it's something we haven't really seen from Brock in a long time, if ever. Certainly not in the last, you know, five or six years. So, yeah, it'd be different. It'd be, you know, fresh for the time, and it'd be more entertaining than a finisher spam that we've had in world title matches. That's the third time I've said that. Sorry, but I'm just, I'm dreading. That's what we're going to get. You know what? We're going to end positive here, Matt. I think we're going to get a nice, you know, beat him up, slug it out. Um, you know, who knows who works from underneath and who does what, but I think we're going to get uh, a fitting blow off to this program that's been going on essentially for what, eight years across three WrestleManias now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's been a hell of a story. So I think we're going to get a nice conclusion. Uh, I don't know what either of them does after this, but, you know, we'll focus on that later. But for now, I think, uh, you know, maybe a little underwhelming some of these matches, but going through it, like we, we do this every year, Matt. We, we look at the card on paper and go, I don't know about this. And then we start talking about it and an hour and a half later, whatever it is, we're at the end and we're going, you know what? This is going to be a fun show. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to get some, some pizza, get some cold ones to crap open, get some ice cream, you know, hope that nobody's water breaks during the show. Right. That's a new thing that we have to worry about now. Uh, not me, but you know, thank God. Never. Oh no. Once enough. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we're, we're all going to have a good time. That's my prediction. It's a great prediction. And it's, probably going to come true looking forward to it i feel like i just i do remember last year you and i we always we love wwe to a fault to the point where we're like you know we may complain about the booking or this or that and i remember i specifically was complaining about the rollins cesaro build or i don't know there's something or whatever i just remember complaining about something and then i watched it live and i was like that was amazing like what, what am i complaining <laughs> it was such a great great segment a great match and like then i realized like it, the, the build doesn't matter like the build's in my head because like i know who these guys are all they have to do is throw out a sweet two-minute video package before the entrances and i'm in and that's it and then just give me the match and i trust them to put on a great weekend i do so they've i think although i give wwe a lot of crap as a fan for you know push this guy push that guy da 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 you know this doesn't make any sense ricochet stinks yada 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 but when it comes down to it, they typically, I'd say much more often than not, they do not disappoint me at the big shows. Yeah. And I, that's been like our overarching thing over the last couple of years is that, you know, yeah, maybe the TV is not great. Maybe the build is not where we'd like it to be. But once we get to the big time, it's, uh, you know, Vince is probably sitting back there looking at all this stuff going, oh, don't worry, pal. They're looking about there. They're going to love it. And you know what? The end of the night or both nights, we probably will. He's probably right. So good luck, Ricochet. Hold on to that title. Don't answer your phone over the next couple of days. I think that's like, it's like we're, it's like JTG 
when he finally got released after like 12 years. Damn, why'd I answer my phone? Ricochet, don't answer the phone. Don't go to Vince's office. Don't talk to anybody in a suit. Just sit back in catering on uh, Saturday and Sunday. You know what? Just maybe, no, you want to be there. Uh, sit back there. Just don't answer the phone because they're. it's not going to be good for you. FYI. Nope. Nope. Imagine Ricochet listens to the show and goes, oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> of all the people who I'd get to listen to the show, it'd be Ricochet and we just talk about him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, buddy. Big fan. Love you. So he's, I'm sure he's AEW bound, but money talks. Like they need more. Like they need more people. Uh, oh my gosh. So close. He kicked out. He kicked out. He kicked out. Fun. That's never happened before, by the way. I've done like 40 of these. That has never happened. <laughs> Are you calling me a mark, by the way? No. No. Why would I say that? You said one, two, three, mark. Yeah, you're uh, the the great Mark Calloway, your favorite wrestler. <laughs> All right, let's let's get out of here before we anything else up. What were we saying? Whatever we were saying, I'm sure it was profound and fun. And uh, enjoy WrestleMania, folks. Matt, congratulations. Good luck with your impending fatherhood. I hope everything goes well. And um, you know, I'm probably I'll probably be awake when you are with the kids. So if you need any uh, need to just send somebody a text about anything. Let me know. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have to make this a weekly thing since we'll both be up at four in the morning to uh, fill the time. <laughs> yes, I'd be okay with that. I'd thank, you for the kind, thank you for the kind words, buddy. And it's always a real pleasure to uh, chat with you all the time. I'm grateful that we're good friends after all these years and wrestling brings us together and at least annually to chat about it. Yes, very exciting. Uh, who knows what's going to happen next year? This one was hard enough to schedule. And now, you know, we'll both have little ones running around. And uh, so who knows? That's a problem for future Matt and Pat to solve. Yep. <laughs> I do hope the tradition continues because this has been really fun. But yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's always a, a great time to catch up with you, man. And uh, best wishes on everything. The business, the, uh, the new dadhood, and, uh, and the dogs. Say hi to the dogs for me. Thanks, buddy. Thank you very much. And uh, obviously best to Jill and Arthur as well. Yes, a pleasure. All right, let me get out of here and let's, uh, before I screw something else up, we'll do more of me after this. And there you have it. My thanks to Matt Shaw for joining me once again. Uh, again, our seventh year doing that. Fantastic. I, I hope, I genuinely hope that we can continue that next year. Although uh, he's going to have a kiddo running around and my kiddo will be uh, actually running around. So who knows? But again, that's a problem for a future Matt and Pat to solve. Um, yeah, let us know how wrong we were. I guess that maybe that's the, that's the thing I should ask you if you're going to watch the show, or if you do watch the show, and then listen, let us know how wrong we were with our predictions, with our, uh, our analysis, or whatever we just did for the last hour plus. Let us know how, how, uh, how off base we were. And um, yeah, so there you go. That's all. I don't know. That's all I got to say. Uh, thanks to Matt for joining me. Uh, I did find Job Squad t-shirts for sale, so we may have them for next time. I don't know. But um, I was pretty excited to find, like, it looked like the original shirt. So I don't know. Maybe I'll wear that on a on a video Patreon thing coming soon if I end up getting it. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, themeltingpat.com for all of my stuff. Thenextlevelnetwork.com for all of our stuff. That is our show. This has been an 8-Boiling production. G-Love and Special Sauce with Cold Beverage. They'll play us out as they always do. Philadelphonic.com for more from them. Enjoy WrestleMania. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. If you don't watch, if you're not going to watch WrestleMania, but you listen to the show anyway, Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you next week. 
Until then, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated when you can. And of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. You've been inside the Melting Pat on the Next Level Network. Go crap open a cold one. Yo, could I get a cold beverage? I need some leverage. A sweaty ass as a lemonade will be nice. Stop a spice from the top to a VK. Got a bar of drinks, but cross got the bait on the front porch. Yeah, I got some ice tea. If you like a taste of tea, then come along with me. Summertime is steaming, don't give me no work. Glass some ice and a dash of from It's martini time. Yeah, yeah, feeling cold. And bring your own beverage. It's me, so it's cold. From the fat and real good sounding Chocolate egg cream, yo, on to the cherry browns And for a chill bar, all shoes and my ride Wobbles to the right, they got beverage Inside of me, a hot coffee, and fill it up with ice What a man, it's like it's rain Please fix me a large slice Summertime is cool, the heat is getting old Yeah, have a beverage, sweet, so it's cold Cold, 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 cold Something from the bar Yeah, I like cold beverage, yeah I like cold beverage, yeah I'm feeling kind of party. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. Go girl, work the cold one. Go girl, work the cold one. What? Go girl, work the cold one. Go girl, work the cold one. Yo, where I'm fishing? Let's keep one thing clear. The bait's over there, the brew's right here. Two six packs in a big bag of ice, and you can Bite, but the brew tastes a nice back to the ball. So every jack of reason I collide. Need a whole lot of them food drinks. They got me a buzz. I must tell you, I'm the cool aid kid. Before you serve my drink, please stick it in the fridge. Cause I like cool beverage. Yeah. I like cool beverage. Yeah. I like cool beverage. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm kind of thirsty. Yeah. I like cool beverage. Yeah. I like cool beverage. Yeah.